0: You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts
1: from.
2: and resolute, where you pursue your dreams with hard work, dedication, sacrifice, discipline, and passion, but above all, it's respect for what the ice can do for you.
1: It was always my goal to make it to the NHL. Since I can remember, I wanted to be a hockey player. When
2: you're hot, you're hot. Ray Leo Bold with his fourth goal of the game, and the Kelowna
1: Rockets having a whole lot of fun tonight.
2: But the ice, and all its majesty, can hit you back when you least expect it.
1: An injury, my first year pro at 21 years old, led me down a dark path to OxyContin. Shortly after that, I found myself addicted to heroin and not playing hockey.
2: Demons hide in every corner. They can take everything away from you. Everything you worked so hard to achieve. And before you know it, the demons own you.
1: Ultimately, I became homeless on the streets in Vancouver on Hastings, which is widely known as the worst block in North America.
2: Brady Leavold was on the edge of realizing his dream of playing in the NHL. Then he lost it all to drug addiction.
1: I was hiding a dark
2: secret. These are real stories about pain, loss, and genuine people. The sad truth of it all, success comes with a price.
1: Wanted to die many times kind of, I was in the psych ward tried to commit suicide welcome to the Hockey to Heroin
2: Road to Recovery podcast with your host Brady Leavold
1: welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin the Road to Recovery this is episode number 53 this is Brady Leibold coming at you guys from Morrisburg, Ontario once again I'm at Matt Thompson's house uh, hours away uh, from getting back on the ice again uh, looking forward to it getting on the ice twice this weekend uh, man I was rusty the last time I was up here and I have not been on the ice since so I don't expect it to go much better uh, but hey uh it's always good to get on the ice and you gotta start somewhere hope you're all having a great saturday morning if this is when you're listening to it uh, i hope that you're listening on the hockey podcast network you can check them out anywhere on social media at hockey and their website www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com if you like that new intro Um, Like I do, Uh, we can give full credit to my friend Steve Buckley down in Beaverton, Oregon. He has done uh, so much work for not only me, but for the PuckSport Foundation as well. And uh, uh, never hesitates uh, whenever I call on him. And Steve, I truly, truly appreciate it. Wonderful work once again, my friend. Uh, I'm actually going to update it a little bit uh, because after Steve made that, I was on a different podcast called Sports and More with Dean Millard. Um, Darren Millard uh, is really well known. This is his brother Dean, who's very well known as well. And uh, he's a very avid podcaster and has several great podcasts. And I was on the Sports and More podcast. And what an experience that was! Uh, Definitely, guys, check it out. I'll post a link in the description and uh, I'm going to take the bio that Dean put together mixed with Steve's voice and I'm going to clip together a new intro uh, so look for it in the coming weeks uh, but I do want to say thank you to Steve uh, what a great voice, uh, hope you all like that new intro, I just absolutely love it if you heard me in the intro uh, I'm at Matt Thompson's in Morrisburg, um, and I'm so lucky uh, to have Matt, Matt Thompson. And uh, I know I say this all the time, but let me quickly say once again, uh, just how lucky I am that I have him as a friend. Uh, We've only known each other for a short period of time. uh, And I I haven't had a friend like this in my whole entire life. I don't think certainly uh, not in my adulthood. And uh, wow. You know, him and I have been able to connect through many different things, um, none more important than Matthew Lisinski who was his best friend and unfortunately passed away uh, to a tragic overdose in 2017. And Lisinski was a, a star hockey player, a second round draft pick of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. He played in the OHL, uh, but struggled with mental health and addiction. Um, and his story is eerie um, in, a, in comparison to mine, how similar. And um, when Matt shared the story with me, it just changed everything that I started to do. And uh, it's been great, um, you know, getting to learn about Matthew Lisinski and, and uh, being able to honor him in this way. And I know Matt Thomas is very proud to be doing this and, and uh, through the Puck Support Foundation. And guys, you can check us out. The Puck Support Foundation is new. We need your help. We need people to get involved. We need people to donate money. But more importantly, we need people to spread the word. And that doesn't cost anybody anything, Uh, just to share and just to spread the word of what we're trying to do, because uh, the amount of people that reach out to me every single day is, it's disturbing. And uh, I wish that I could do more to help everybody. Um, And I will, we will. There's no doubt in my mind, guys. Check us out on social media at PuckSupport and the website www.pucksupport.com. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna change the hockey community and the world through the Puck Support Foundation, and uh, it's a direct result of Matt Thompson sharing the story of Matthew Lisinski with me, uh, and from there, uh, learning about all the other tragic stories um, and remembering the ones that I had already heard. So, Matt, thank you for sharing the story of Matthew Lisinski with me. Uh, but more importantly, buddy, thank you for being such a great friend. Um, you've really, really helped me. And uh, I don't think you'll ever um, fully, fully understand. Um, so, thank you, Matt. I love you, brother. Once again, guys, though, you know this episode is proudly brought to you by Team Issue Limited. Team Issue is connecting all walks of life. Team Issue does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger, a community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check them out. Teamissue.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Matt and I were actually watching inside the bubble, the NHL bubble, And saw Mark Stone, NHL superstar Mark Stone, former Brandon Wheat King, wearing a team-issued snapback hat, the gray one that I always wear. What's up? Team-issued is in the NHL. Check it out, guys, and get 15% off. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Jesse Paradise, the owner of that company, my former teammate. I'm proud of you, brother. You're making strides. Team Issued is here. Check it out, guys. I love it. I absolutely love it. But without further ado, we're going to get right into episode 53. And this one, guys, what an amazing, amazing man you're about to hear from. So without further ado, it is my privilege and honor to introduce to you guys episode Number 53.
0: Today, as we speak, there's a boy out there going about his life, dreaming his dreams, and hoping his hopes. Until Graham James crosses his path. And cross his path, he will. Because that's what he does. He preys upon the unsuspecting. The saddest part is that there are many Graham James silting. Different names, in different towns and cities. Even in your own communities. And yes, possibly even in your own families. Yes, I said it. They are everywhere. It is time that the predators know that they need to take notice and be scared. There's no place for you to hide today. We're shedding light on those dark corners where you cower. you and I call upon all Canadians, those who have suffered and those who stand with the suffering. We're calling out to our politicians and to stand up for the one in three girls and the one in five boys who will be sexually abused before the age of 18 in our country. Theron and I are calling out to you, the people of Canada and the world, to take this issue now to our politicians and demand change. Ultimately, I think when I first remember telling people that I was sexually abused by Graham James, it was a relief. But I I think at the same time, we're very vulnerable at that moment. people that I speak with today, it was definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. You know, it took a lot of years to just evaluate my own personal demons, I guess, or to understand that it wasn't the city, and it, 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 it wasn't the organization, it was, uh, it was one man that, that had caused all the harm in my life. What I understand more today is, is understand my fears. And my fears were of Graham James, they we weren't necessarily of the city of Swift Current. When you cause a lot of pain in, in any relationship, I think that, you know, I, I left my boys at a young age, and, and, and I, I don't think I brought their dad home until, you know, probably six or seven years ago. I started taking notice of what I was doing and, and taking responsibility for my actions. So, you know, trying to rebuild those relationships is obviously of the utmost importance to me. You can only hurt so much that uh, ultimately you feel it to the point where you, you know. So you have that feeling, t- just reach out. You're not alone. You're never alone and we're all in this together. Today I'm, I'm very proud and my children are more aware of what I accomplished. Uh, they're, they're proud of their father, you know, but nothing can say as much as proud as I am of them. What I've done in my life and what I've accomplished in my life means nothing without the support and love of my children and my family. I think it's good. I I like it. I like him a lot more than who he was before. I mean, it's a lot easier to talk to him and stuff like that. It's it's definitely made a big difference in my life. So, yeah, it's changed for the good. When you find that right place, it's it's worth all the pain. I think that the people out there who are still suffering, you'll know when you're ready there is a place and time for healing. It is now. I still bleed blue, and I still live and die for the Swift Current Broncos. My name is Todd Holt, and I stand today with Theron Flurry and with all those who have suffered or are suffering as a victor over sexual abuse and an advocate for change.
1: All right, I've been really looking forward to this one. I got tears in my eyes. I got to wipe them away once again. Uh, This guy, wow. Uh, Long before uh, I spoke to him, uh, I donned uh, a Swift Current Bronco jersey as well. And if anybody uh, was in the Swift Current Broncos dressing room, because I don't know what it's like nowadays, but if anybody listening was in the Swift Current Broncos dressing room, from the time that I was in there, from I would say 02 for sure, uh, probably before that, but that was the time when I can say for sure, 02 uh, till I left uh, in 07, uh, the walls of that dressing room were plastered with all the records, uh, and two names uh, stood above all. Uh, one was Brian Sackick, and the other one was Todd Holt. Uh, wow, he's one of very few. Very, very few in the 400-point club in the Western Hockey League. Uh, what an accomplishment. What an accomplishment. Um, you guys obviously heard it in the intro. It hasn't been a secret. This guy has been uh, leading the charge with guys like Darren Flurry and Sheldon Kennedy, who have both been on the podcast and become friends of mine. Um, like you heard, he's Darren Flurry's cousin um, and had some unfortunate things happen. But you know what? He's, uh, he's living a, a good life now, uh, and uh, I'm so grateful that you know, I can call him a friend, and, and so lucky that he's uh, agreed to come on the podcast, episode 53, uh, originally an 8-round pick, 184th overall by the San Jose Sharks in 1993, um, after you know, back-to-back 100-point seasons. He almost went triple. Uh, with, if he probably didn't—he didn't play all the games. If he didn't get hurt, he probably would have. Uh, but hey, let's do it. Todd Holt, thanks for doing this, man.
3: Hey, buddy, how you doing, Brady? Thank you very much for the intro.
1: Hey, um, my pleasure. And I—I I know it might have been hard to hear, but you—you've been—you've been at this a long time, and you've been advocating for change for a long time. And before we get into the episode, let me say thank you um, because. Uh, as I speak, probably for many, uh, you know, you've, you've helped me get through some of the things that I've gone through and that I've spoke publicly mm-hmm. as well. And, um, you know, it's certainly not easy and, uh, you've, uh, been advocating and speaking out about it a lot longer than I have. And, and that's something I want to talk to you about because there's still days when, when I struggle and, and, uh, obviously my, Absolutely. my, yeah, my situation, your, your situation was so public, uh. How, how was that um, when it first happened, when it first originally came out and people started to, uh, you know, become aware of the situation? How, how were you dealing with that at that time, if you don't mind me asking, Todd? Um,
3: when I first started dealing with it, ultimately, I, you know, I wanted to make sure I had the, <laughs> a good foundation underneath me. When I reached out to uh, Sheldon and uh, in Calgary here, I was still living in Regina, and, you know I always dreamed about being a man just like my father and and, and when I I was in Regina I was absolutely nothing like the man I everything about me was falling apart I couldn't find anything in my life at the time that I was going to be grateful for and ultimately I wanted to make change you know I had lost you know when you say you've Walking someone else's place so I know what you've been through you know you, you I, I lost everything I was living on my buddy's sofa you know living a horrible life where you know everybody I'm sure they cheat you like gold because you've accomplished some things and the only reason they're around you because you're you're drinking and you're drugging and you're you're doing all this stuff and it, it was it wasn't a life for me so ultimately I wanted to make sure I had that foundation and I phoned Sheldon and Sheldon asked me to come out to Calgary to deal with it and and ultimately um, that was the first step I was in. I just, you know, I had to clean up my act and so I went into recovery and I, uh, it was one of the greatest things I ever did and one of the hardest things I ever did. You know, I had to leave my children back home, my parents, everyone and, and go on the road do it all myself and, you know, when you...
1: Okay. Uh, Todd, you mentioned that, you know, you were living in Regina. You weren't living a life uh, like your dad. You always wanted to live a life like your dad. When you were saying that, uh, I couldn't help but think to myself, wow, uh, I thought I was living the exact same way. Uh, I always wanted to be like my dad, who was such a great guy. He's a fireman. He was just on my podcast and people listening got to hear from him, which was great. And him and I have been able to sort of mend our relationship. But again, I was, you know, drinking, and doing all the same things and, and nowhere near, um, living that life, uh, like my dad and uh it, it just it kind of you know, threw me you know, there's many guys that have gone through um playing hockey and it's you also mentioned that they, they treat you a little differently because of your accomplishments and the same thing. I dealt with the same thing and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of feeding feeding your ego. Well, while, well, while your, yep. your career is gone uh, while also <laughs> feeding you drugs and alcohol. And that's a dangerous, dangerous combination. Uh, how was how was the, the process from going, OK, um, I'm not doing this anymore? Uh, and getting out to Sheldon's uh, was—were you pretty terrified at that point?
3: Um, I think it's always scary uh, in that scenario. I, I remember back to when the the day I decided I, I was sitting at the cabin with my parents watching the Ryder Game, and it was Thanksgiving weekend, October ninth, tenth, two thousand eight. And uh, I remember sitting there and having a beer with my dad, and I go, I don't I don't even want this beer. And he took it. And he said, "Well, quit." And uh, and that was the last beer I had for four years. Um, you know, he I, I stepped away from it. I went home. I started getting help, and I ended up out here in Calgary. Um, yeah, the fear. Like I remember going through the process, and you know, and in, in the program and stuff like that. When they asked ask, "What are you scared of?" You know, and I. Used to look around and say well I'm pretty scared of spiders man. you know and those big snakes probably you know you didn't understand what fear meant and it was almost like my my hockey ability i didn't know how i how well i played or how you know what i was capable of doing you know and so when when i started going through all this stuff to compare it to fear i didn't know how afraid i was until i Started breaking down, took out the hammer and chisel, and started breaking down those walls. And you know, when you start breaking it down, um, you know the the son I brought back to my mom and dad was, you know, it was it was one of the greatest things I've I've ever done. Or bringing bring the dad back to my to my boy, it was one of the greatest accomplish, accomplishments I've ever done. You know, it's, uh, it's one of my biggest moments. Is you know. I've won the Western Hockey League with some amazing teammates. Still hold the all-time goals, all-time points, and you know what? That, that going home and seeing their faces and seeing they saw the change was unarguably one of the greatest moments of my life.
1: So. Well, that's awesome to hear because uh, I've also mentioned this in the past where I have I have two kids that uh, I haven't spoken to in, in five years, and that's something, Todd. So you know, you're older than, than myself and, and like I really look to you for inspiration and guides and, and like hope, right? Like that yeah. that, that one day uh, I too can and have a similar story. And and again I have to understand that it, it may not go exactly like I planned, but just keep doing just keep doing <laughs> yeah. exactly what I need to be doing and making the right decision, right? And uh, I kinda wanna jump back in um into the mm-hmm. hockey the hockey aspect of it. I just wanted to sure. talk Let's let's talk a little bit about your minor hockey days. Uh, you were born in yeah. es- Estevan, right?
3: No, I was born in a small town just thirty miles east. Uh, it's called Oxbow, Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah. I, I'm familiar.
1: I'm familiar. Yeah, and I was raised
3: in a little farming community called Alameda, Saskatchewan, about eight kilometers away. Uh, my dad was a grain buyer in town. And I had two, three older siblings, and uh, you know they've. It was just small-town living and, you know, he always played a little bit higher, right? When I was eight, I played with the 10s, you know, stuff like that. And It was, I lived to be on the ice, right? I was <laughs> If this was a free moment, I snuck into the rink, I skated in the dark, I skated all the time. I just, you know what, it was just something that was a part of me. And, you know, ultimately back then, you know, there's some tough times. Our family didn't have a lot. and you know dad, my dad was a um, bit of a drinker himself which was a difficult thing for the family and uh, you know it was it, was, it was just some tough times. My brothers and sisters they, uh, they didn't have a great life or you know they didn't see I didn't see the stuff that they saw and you know I was a little bit younger i was six years younger than my next oldest sister but um, you know I was unaware so briefly I saw flashes of it, but, you know, when I started playing more intense hockey, uh, when I started playing A hockey and stuff in Estudan, and it's, uh you know, ultimately, my father had to make some changes, and, and you know what, in the, in the long run, he sure did, he made them for me.
1: So. Well, that's awesome, that's, that's great, and that's what parents do, and that's the same thing you're doing for your kids, and the same thing I'm going to do for my kids, and um, you're uh, you had some a pretty uh, competitive competition in the family with uh, Theo, obviously, and, and yeah. you and him, you and him, you guys are built the same. You guys skate the same. Um, did you try to? Did you look up to him a little bit?
3: Absolutely, I grew up my whole life watching Theo, right? So when he was in the Western League, you know, or even just playing minor hockey, um, right? So my mom used to go to hockey tournaments. He was unbelievable. He was a god in manitoba he you know was uh was one of those kids that's similar to a lot of us kids that you, you don't even know
4: <laughs>
3: what you're capable of doing you just did it because it was the thing to do and you, you were good at it there was a gift we were given and you know he was one of those guys absolutely i watched him my whole life growing up and when you know when you start to play pro and And stuff like that. You, uh, you know, I was drafted by the Sharks, and it's fitting. I'm your 53rd um, cast. I was number 53 in San Jose for my exhibition game that I ended up playing.
1: You're joking me. You're joking (laughs) me. Okay, do you want to know something that's so crazy? i'm not even kidding you okay this is so crazy and it, it dates back and i am not even kidding holder that i was literally just thinking about this because this has happened before on my podcast where number 24 we had matt thompson where i am now and and two other teammates of matthew lazinski the guy who passed away who i do everything for Um, that was his number and the episode that we were doing it just happened to be number 24 then I had somebody else was their number and then Robert Frid was 44 and then today just crazy that is that's too cool see everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen right
3: you're exactly right Brady and may I say to you take a moment and say how proud I am of you and all your looks You're, you're continuing to take strides forward and a lot of us are paying attention and we're very proud of you as you're leading the way you're doing something that a lot of people it takes a lot of time and effort and you're you're doing it and it's keeping you on the right line and you're doing a great job and i just wanted to say that before we go any further
1: well, i appreciate that todd and and that means a lot uh coming from anybody but especially coming from a guy like yourself like you know i can't tell you um, how many times I would look up at those records in the Swift Current Broncos uh, thing, and just be amazed. And I'd be like, he had how many points in his career? 423 <laughs> points in 321 games and then another 51 in playoffs? Like, come on. Like, did you – you must have just had a blast. I mean, there was other stuff going oh. on uh, off the ice. But when you were on the ice, um, that must have saved your life during those times.
3: Well I was I've always said in, in a lot of interviews, uh, I gave Rob Banstone from the Regina Leader Post to, to a big interview when I released my name for the first time and, and and that's exactly what we we talked about. It was you know what It was on the ice of where Graham couldn't get me. I was safe, you know I looked up at my I had all the fans and my teammates, and I just played you know when I scored I shared every every goal. I was looking up at the fans, and I knew each season ticket hole. Oh, I knew where they sat, and, you know, and it was it was a freedom. Yeah. And that's what I said the stuff happening off the ice, you know, it was it was horrible, and you know, you never had any control. Um, but to, to, to keep it all balanced, it was is exactly what you're saying. It, it, was, it was my freedom. It was my my safe place. And what out of all the places it could be safe and swift current? It was on that ice. Yeah. So you know, I made the, made the best of it. And you know, I said I think it back to breaking the the goals record. I remember we had a home and home with um, Regina Pat, and I needed one to tie and two to break it. And you know, when you're approaching these milestones and stuff, I like got every day there's someone asking you about it. You just want to get it over with. And at the time, uh, John Foster was our PR director and uh, he comes up to me before the game in Regina and I think that night in Regina, there was like, oh, I can't remember how many people came up from Estevan and Alameda and all over my hometown just to see if uh, if that was going to be the night. And John comes up to me before the game and says, hey, do you think he can not score tonight? And Can we do it in front of our hometown crowd tomorrow night? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Holy oh, fuck, Crosby! I'm like, just let me score!" I said, "You know, I said my parents, everyone are here tonight. I said, I'd really like to do it tonight." So I said, "Let's, we'll see what happens." And I, like end up with four that night. Wow. So I, it was, it was a good game in Regina, and it was, it was a, it was a milestone I'll, I'll always remember, and. and you know, and cherish. Sure, I said, you know, I have some great, great line mates playing with the likes of Kimmy Daniel, Jeff Sanderson, Andy Schneider. You know, Rick Gerard, just amazing, amazing players that you know made me <laughs> and let me, let me do what I had to do, and they got me the puck when they needed to get the puck, and you know, it was. Well, that, that seemed like the,
1: that seemed to be the smart thing to do, Holter. Just get you the puck, <laughs> right?
3: Like I said, my retired from pro when I used to play senior in uh, in Lapman and Lapman, Saskatchewan. I played a little bit Milestone and I played a little bit all over. And I remember going to those rescues and I'm like, "Okay, guys, here's the power play tonight. Give me the puck." <laughs>
1: That's awesome. you know, I used
3: to joke around about it, but yeah. I said, "You know what? I've uh." I've just been a very lucky guy, and you know, I say I have a attitude of gratitude today, and I'm very grateful for all those accomplishments.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, let's. It's good to. I hope that you take some time to, to really, you know, be uh, be proud of it yourself, um, and and in a way where you can almost where people would look at it and be like, maybe that guy's being cocky or arrogant, but you should take a second. <laughs> you should really and digest that and be like, wow, you know, like that was really something special, like, you know, like for me to accomplish that, like, I I, I don't know, like, I guess for me, uh, especially playing for the Broncos and literally where I sat in the dressing room, I sat across from the wall where oh, it was yeah. like most goals, most points, like you know, where it was up on the wall there. Yep. I sat on that part, like, so I would look right up on every <laughs> period, every time. So I, it was like ingrained in my mind, right? So I was yeah. just to me, I was just like, wow, like you know, I was always, uh, always just amazed by that. So I hope that you take, you know, you take the time to to really reflect on that. Um, and I know the town of Swift Current just thinks the world of you. Yeah,
3: uh, I vice versa. Uh, you know, I said I take a lot of pride in. It. Obviously, you know, it's, it's a, a a great accomplishment, and it was back in the day. But I said, you know. I, Today I, I appreciate a little bit more because, of, you know, we was still a red line, and yeah. <laughs> we, had to break, we had to do all the, all the dirty work. I, to, you know, but because the game has changed a lot, the guys are so fast today and so talented, and you know, it's it's such an amazing game that uh, you know to watch it evolve the way it has, um, especially through this pandemic and everything. Watching those old hockey games, you just kind of going. Really? I know. <laughs> right? I remember watching those old other games going like, Come on. Those <laughs> guys went or, or watching the islanders, really they went four in a row. But yeah. you know, like they were there was it was a different time. Yeah. You know, and obviously I was in a different time, so you know, I said I share those accomplishments and I said now the days when I get invited to alumni or, or get to do stuff, I was in that hockey game in Swift Current with, you know, Wendell Clark and Lightning McDonald, Darcy Tucker, um, Mm -hmm. all these big-name guys who got to skate with. I I get to take my family there. I get to, my boys, you know, they got to meet Joe, right Mm -hmm. (laughs) there. My son, cheers for color. Also, needs meeting Joe Sack. Those are the moments that today mean mean more to me than anything, right? Is that regaining those um, relationships, building them, trying to regain that trust that I, I blew up so many years ago. Um, you know, my my kids are precious and the, the time with them now. My oldest boy Tayson, he's, you know, just recently got married, you know, got a lovely wife, Haley. They, uh, you know, they're looking at grandchildren somewhere down the road here, you know, and it's, it's something like I can't believe I, don't, I get another opportunity to be, I know it's a grandfather, but just to be the father that I always wanted to be um, and to be around having my youngest son, Kalen, going to Saint here next year, up here, you know, you're just so proud of him, the talent that kid has and uh, the way they both play hockey. And, you know, those are the things that I look at today. Those are the things that, you know, I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> right they're going to dad, you played. I said, no matter where I played, man, if I played like you guys, <laughs> I would have scored 600. Yeah. <laughs> right so yeah. you know i said i take all that into consideration nowadays but i said you know you'll gain that back lady and and when you do you i guarantee you uh you never take that for granted again
1: no doubt and and i i have no doubt about it and i look forward <laughs> look forward to that day i want to i, wanna, I a question for you because i wanted to talk about your um your pro career and and how you feel about it because obviously at the time you you're graduating from the whl and Um, You're going through a lot, and I quickly want to ask, like, you came out in 2008 uh, with the story, but before that, had you told anybody?
3: Well, obviously, I said, drink with somebody, if you've said it or something, and, you know, at the time, you know, like we, Sheldon and Leo and myself, nowadays, we talk about having the proper tools, and, you know, back then, no one had the the tools in the toolbox or the or the the foundations or the or the the, the therapists and the, the support and they didn't have that back then. So when it when you were thinking about it, I remember when Sheldon came out in ninety seven they, they called and I'm like, Oh God Sheldon said something good. He's gonna go to jail forever and that's it. I'll take this to my death or take it to my grave and <laughs> you don't. You, I found out the hard way. You don't take stuff like that. You, it may take you. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. But you know, that's the only way I look at it now. Is like I had to. I had to say something. You know, I pushed everyone away from me that ever loved me. Um, I broke a million and one hearts in so many years, and I said it just, you know, is eating me alive. And, um, the direct result of what I thought love was and what I thought relationships are supposed to be like, and is a direct result of everything that I've been through. So today, when I falter, when I'm happily married to the beautiful wife, Kristen, and so, you know, when I falter, when I'm in a funk or not in the right mind frame, I have someone here to say, hello, wake up, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it helped, so I said, you know, I'm the first person when I'm being like that to step up and say, you know, I'm in the wrong. But it's a, uh, it's something that's so these are tools and stuff that we didn't have in the past. But I said, yeah, sort of go back to your question, playing pro, you know, you just have. to Looking back, I remember when I released my name, one of the first phone calls I got was Dean Lombardi from the Sharks, and you know, he said, Todd. Why didn't you say something? You know, like, why? We knew something was wrong, but we, we couldn't tell or we couldn't figure it out. And, you know, those are the type of guys that were calling. I was like, you know, ultimately, with hindsight's 2020, I can't go back and change it. And, you know, when moving forward means moving forward, if I lived days in the past, they're just looking for trouble. And so I, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity. I could go back and change it all no i wouldn't i wouldn't be in the position i am today I'm loving glad. family loving family and beautiful kids
1: damn right i'm glad you said that because i people always uh ask me that question They're like well if you could go back wouldn't you wish you? i'm like nah because i'm actually happy now yeah. I can, now i can say that like you know what i mean there was a time <laughs> yeah, though when, i know there was a time i don't know if you can you can uh relate to this but there was a time where i was living like, oh, I can't believe I'm not <laughs> playing hockey. I can't believe I screwed this mm-hmm. up. I can't believe this, that. And it, all it did was just keep me in my addiction, keep me sick, keep me all yeah. of that. And it allowed it never allowed me to open up about all the things I was keeping inside and, and everything else. And it just, um, until I was able to accept with where, it, where I was exactly as I am today, uh, nothing else really mattered for me. I just kept going back to the same cycle of shit that I was doing over and over and over again. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, that's exactly it, right? I feel used to compare. I got that big bag of shit on my back. It's just trying to unload it a little bit at a time. So, And you do. You work at it, right? It's some people come to me for help quite often, and you try to lead them in the right direction. And, you know, you can't help people who don't want to be helped. And when they want to be helped, it's just a matter of just guiding them in the right direction. So um, the people you need to push and try to force them to get into – in rehab and stuff like that it's it's very difficult for them to to see their they're wrong right and it's it's, <laughs> it's it's a struggle and you gotta be hard and you gotta be stern and you gotta stand to your stick to your guns and when you're talking to these people you really gotta be up front it's a, it's a long road but it's it's a hard road but it's worth it's worth every <laughs> nick and scar and tear and everything that you've been through so
1: yeah and and it certainly seems like you're on like the right path like I've watched uh, a few interviews and and to be honest with you I saw interviews of what like obviously things change and you've obviously grown a lot but if you look back to like some initial interviews and then even just listen to you now uh, I can tell uh, that you've grown just so much and uh it almost just seems like you know you're just you, like you said you're you're confident in yourself you're you're uh, you become the man that you always wanted to be and and that just must feel great.
3: It it does. I'm not you know I'm not saying I'm, I'm the the pillar of strength or the, the spokeschild for poster child for for uh, recovery or being a survivor. I'm just saying you know what the the place I'm in today is and and the, the, my understanding of what I need to do to be a better person, I have a good grasp on.
4: Exactly.
3: So I and that's so one of the majority things, or one of the bigger things. Once you get that grasp, grasp on that, and you have a good grasp, you know the other things seem to fall in place. Like things in my life, all of a sudden, instead of me worrying and trying to force that square into the round circle, all of a sudden those things are starting to fall into place around me, and like oh, hey, look at that, right? So yeah. and it, it all came from being a good person. cost zero zero dollars to be a good person,
1: right? right. Yeah, it, it, that's just it. And I think for me, that's where it all started with uh, is just changing um, how I treat myself and certainly how I was treating others um, and, you know, just, just changing my outlook on life. I was so... Um, uh, people listening and yourself could probably relate to this where i i was at the point where i thought every there was no good people life sucked, <laughs> yeah. um everything was miserable there was no hope for any sort of happiness or any sort of um meaning like i, I couldn't find reason to get out of bed in the morning like i just i couldn't mm-hmm. i couldn't care less and uh wow what a relief that i don't feel like that anymore so i think you know for people listening to like I think just taking that uh, that first initial step like when so when you came yeah. out in 2008 um, we talked about it like you you came out and, and obviously you had you talked about having that support in place uh, and and you were lucky that you had Sheldon and, and other great supports around but still doesn't make it necessarily easy. Uh, what was the the trials like like the the ups and downs from say 2008 to 2020? Um, and, and have you had the peaks and valleys or has it continually gotten better or, or how has it been for Todd Holt, uh, from 2008
3: to 2020? 2008 to 2020, it's been growing, trying to work my way back into life. <laughs> you know, I said, I, I, uh, was living in Calgary single. My son wanted to move in with me out of the blue one summer. Um, you know, it was a big step for me to allow him. He came up for two weeks to visit and end up staying till he graduated. Yeah. Anyways, but I said, 2008 to 2020, absolutely. It always has its peaks and valleys. We're always fighting our minds. We're always fighting something. Um, it's just how you deal with it. It's, you know what? If you, if you, if you truly believe it you can make the day better then make it better if you're stuck in your head and you can't get out of it well then find a way to do it and 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 along the way you you find those ways you you find something to peace or some serenity or or just chatting you know i share with my wife every time i'm in a funk if i'm in a funk i ask you got time to share absolutely we'll sit down we'll talk we'll read and you know, and and that's the biggest thing is talking. You know, so many people, like you, like me, a lot of us, we we just kept it to ourselves It's our dark secret. I heard in your intro, you're carrying that secret forever, you're carrying that secret. The only way to get rid of it is to tell. And you know what? What I learned how to do from 2008 to 2020 is to talk more and to be more open and to be more accepting. Um, I'm going to make mistakes. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to falter. <laughs> I'm only human. But when I do, it's how you recover or how you save yourself. You, you know what? I'm going to have a bad day. When I'm having a bad day, I'm the first one to look at the mirror and go, come on, let's get out of this. Right? Or let's go somewhere else.
4: Yeah. And
3: it's important, right? So I said, that's what I've learned from 2008 to 2020. And then is this? really the understanding of Todd Holt, finding out the chemical and the, the balance that I need to do every day to try to find um, my safe place. And, you know, I have a safe place, my house, my family, my support group. I don't have anyone in my life that I used to have in there that, like you said, fueled your you, – I don't have those guys anymore. i got friends. But like you we were just talking about earlier when you said, I thought all my friends abandoned me. Yeah, and I thought all my best buddies were. I don't. It wasn't because of them. They just they didn't want to see the idiot anymore. They didn't want to be around the gong show, right? Yeah. And so when I changed, all of a sudden these people come walking back into your life. You're like, "Hey, where were you?" <laughs> like, I was right there. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's it's something different, but it's it's a good life. And you know, all we have is our own stories. So, you know, my story is a little different than Leo's, a little different than Sheldon's, a little different than yours. But they all have the same kind of foundation in them, too, at the start, right?
1: Yep. So, let me ask you though in in 2000, you were playing, you went to Austria and played after ripping up the East Coast League, like tearing (laughs) it up. Uh, You went to Austria to play, and then you decided to retire. Why?
3: Um, I was married at the time and my wife decided not she didn't want to travel anymore. So just keeping with my boys in Esteban and and ultimately I had to uh make a choice. I turned down a three year deal to the company or to the team and and we ended up getting separated shortly after. I had so much resentment and stuff. But uh I tried to call back and go back over. They'd already signed two Russians for the same price as I did. So I was here. I didn't want to play in the States, and I was kind of already in that spot where my motivation was not very high. So when when I had a good idea after 24 beer, I should go back. (laughs) It lasted until about, Eight o'clock the next morning when I woke up with a splitting headache. Yeah, right? so, I know. Yeah, hey man, no. your
1: story. You know what and I mean? <laughs> our, I, the same shit. The same uh, resentments towards an ex to quit hockey. He didn't go play because of an ex. Same shit. I did the same shit, um, and then stayed home and and just polluted myself and ended up losing my family and losing myself and everything else. However, uh, reined it back in. Um, but let me ask you then. Uh, five years no hockey yeah then uh, come out of retirement to play some senior what was that like?
3: oh it was fantastic you know I sort I of got the opportunity to go play some high level hockey that i I think that was unbelievable to see the talent level of, of some of the 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 kids up north um Travis and the Cunningham Travis Kelly and junior Cunningham was our starting line unbelievable players. Um, the Mark LeClaire was our goalie, Kip Noble, Theo Fleury, Gino Ojic. Like, come on. This is like what? a dream team. Doty, you know, like all these guys. And I said, well, all those guys were the Lakovics, Sasha and Greg. Like, come on. It was just unbelievable. And so when, you, when, you're, when you're a part of that after your career, you get it's almost like that one last, you know what? Let's give her boys. And and we kind of we kind of grew as a team like that and you know it was, it was a good hurrah last hurrah and I said then I said I was playing for a milestone in senior A going for the senior A provincial title and some kid hit me from behind broke my ribs and I said smell you later <laughs> <laughs> I walked off the ice never I play wreck I did a few. Uh, flames alumni when i first moved out here helped out the, the flames alumni did some events like that i do charity events and playing a regular team i used to play quite a bit more but it's trying to get me on the off the couch at 9 45 on a sunday or 10
1: o'clock it's pretty hard so. <laughs> yeah no doubt no doubt <laughs> it's always nice to get back on the ice though i bet
3: it's fantastic. I was out there today. My good friend Jamie Colopee, he, he's a old friend from back home. His son and his team were, they had a, rented the ice out here in Cochrane. And he asked if I'd come out and show the kids. I used to have my own toddler shooting camp just teaching fundamentals. And uh, yeah, went out on the ice for, the, for an hour with those guys today. And it's always great. You know, and my son Kalen comes out and helps me. And when the kids are doing other drills, they can work on him. And, you know, that's. It's uh, it's good to have the the knowledge and everything. But it's it's just hard at forty eight. <laughs> watch, watching the talent go away, right? But, uh, I used to always. No, go ahead. no go ahead. I was just saying. i saying. I used to always watch the older guys and watch them, in, and be like, "He sucks now," you <laughs> know, uh, right? And some of the guys are like, "Oh, you used your hands used to be so good." I'm like. Well, it's still there. It's just not the same. You're, <laughs> they put you on this pedestal up there, right? Like you're gonna be like that your whole life. I'm like, come on, boys, don't put that pressure on me. <laughs>
1: <That's> so <laughs> funny. But have you thought about actually uh, coaching?
3: You know, I, I thought of it when I first retired, and you know, my my intensity level was just too high, and, and everything I was doing in my life was just everything was too high <laughs> right yeah. I was I was I was dysfunctional I wasn't able to be on time you know all that stuff that that people that we used to do and I said um you know uh today it just be the commitment level you know I said I love watching I love watching my kids um you know my my Justin Ferguson my stepson you know he played houses whole and I love to watch him. I tried to coach him the last year and the coach said I was a little overqualified. I said, well, I don't mind. But ended up I didn't. But, you know, there's that's what I get the I I hits out of today because I like watching kids and just doing that. I don't think I could coach at a high level. I had a couple guys approach me trying to take a uh, back of triple A teams or mid-triple A teams. And I, you know, there was a time when I thought, yep, yeah, I think I'd be good at it. And I, I truly think I, I could succeed, but at the same time, it's it's a big commitment. And, you know, my biggest commitment right now in life is to Todd and to keep, this, keep these wheels on the track. So um, as, long, as long as that's going, as long as the train's still on the track, then I'm content with what I'm doing right now.
1: That's awesome. How much do you do for for your recovery and and for uh, just your well-being with everything that's happened like today?
3: well, today it's it's a little different today. obviously, you know I said i uh, many years ago i my wife asked what it would be like if I had some wine with her and stuff. And you know, I said i don't I don't know. I said, I know what it was like. But, you know, today I'll, I'll never be a professional drinker, and I'll never be a drinker like I ever was. But, you know, I said to to be able to do that and sit down with the family and, and, yeah. and enjoy a drink or whatever with the family, I, I, I cherish it today because I, it, it scares the living shit out of me where it didn't before. Before it was just something that I was so far gone that I couldn't even come back how I you know it has something that has meaning It has something I know if I ever went down that road again, I know what I lose and I know what I have to and I know how quickly it can happen. So you know understanding that is, is one of the biggest things in my life.
1: I love that because you know I, I'll say quickly like you know I've been in and out of um, I say recovery, but I you know how you said you're not the poster boy for recovery, either am I. Um, and, and there was a time when I was, you know, I was like, Oh, uh, in, the, I love meetings. I think meetings are great. I, I think just one, like me and you talking right now, that's great. That's a meeting as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I think that some of the things, these principles that they teach in some of these programs, like I know NA, oh, you couldn't drain or you can't, in AA, you couldn't talk about drugs because they think that that's worse or whatever. And, uh, yeah. It, I don't know and then it was just like oh you can't do this you can't do that. So I was like walking this fine line of like really trying to to navigate and it's like then when I would fall off where I you know have you know one drink or yep. whatever um you know I would I would feel so guilty and so bad that Absolutely. it would you know what I mean that it would That I would instead of going back to the meetings or staying in that recovery, I'd be like, oh shit, I screwed up. So I would just go way off the rails. So now so now I love what you say (laughs) about being able to enjoy one drink because now you cherish it where because it scares the shit out of you. I feel the same way. I feel the exact same way where I there's been times in the I think in the last six months I've had one one drink, or seven months, one drink, like maybe four months ago, I mm-hmm. to say I'm seven months clean, but I smoke I smoke weed every day, I, I talk about yeah. that every day, Um, but I'm, I'm trying to cut back a little bit, but so to yeah. me, when I say I'm clean, um, I'm not clean on some people's level, <laughs> however, I don't care anymore, because I know it works for me. And
3: that's important that you understand that, and I said some people can't, some people will never understand, and some people think it's black or white and it's hard times it's hard to explain that I've, I've seen people in the program for 25 years 30 years and then I said my utmost respect for all of those people that's an amazing accomplishment and that's what they do to that's their recovery
4: that's right
3: I respect that I respect that i always respect people in recovery and, and have never forced a drink or anything on anyone so I said you know' saying that you know what, what that works for me, or what's working for me, it, I'll, I'll keep, you know, I said I can't say, you should try this, but this is, ever, I've chosen a path, and like I said, I'll keep my side of the street clean, always,
1: Yeah, and
3: that's all I need to do, Yeah, and that's, people have a issue. shoe, they, they can clean up their side.
1: That's such good advice, I love that, that is... uh. That's perfect advice, and that's the biggest thing. Is I found, uh, you know, people are very they want to ridicule and judge other people, and I, I mean I was guilty of it too. Um, when in fact, it, you know, just like you said, just worry about cleaning up your side of the street, um, and they can worry about their side, and, and that's such good advice. And I think, hey Walter, um, I gotta get going because I gotta get going on the yep. ice. But we gotta we gotta catch up for a part two. Maybe uh, maybe one of these days uh, in the winter time. If I am having this three-on-three tournament, if it happens, you and you and Kaylin will have to come out here, man. I'm telling you. Uh, in Muskoka, on the lake, yep. Puck Support Foundation tournament. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in the outro. But, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to get together with you one day. If not then, uh, one of these days at the Swift Current Broncos Alumni Golf Tournament.
3: I look forward to it. I appreciate everything you're doing. Keep up the good work, really. Okay? Hey, Todd, Lo- man. Love you, buddy.
1: I love you, too, buddy. Hey, listen, thank you so much. Um, for being strong uh, and and just standing up for yourself but not only for yourself um, but for all of us that have struggled with similar things because you know um, what you did uh, back in 2008 that was years before I came out and and it's certainly helped me and this conversation has helped me more than um, you may ever know and more than that I think you know we talked a a few months ago and that really really helped me so thank you Todd I truly appreciate it buddy
3: you're a good man Keep up
1: the good work for you. Love you, bud. Love you too, Bye. Talk soon. Take care, bud. Well, guys, that's episode 53 of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Huge, huge thanks to Todd Holt. Uh, what a, what a strong, strong guy and uh, someone that I really look to uh, for inspiration and, and have uh, since I started the podcast, especially. And he's, uh, Taking the time to to reach out to me more than once and talk to me on the phone more than once and um, offered uh, his support and guidance uh, through some of the things that I'm going through which are similar uh, to the things that he's gone through and uh, for that Todd I'm uh, so grateful. Thank you Um, and thank you for all that you you have done and uh, I'm very proud of you man uh, for for getting it all together again and uh, I know it's not perfect and Like you said, you're not the pillar uh, of recovery or anything, and that's okay. Either am I. Uh, But all that matters is uh, you're enjoying life and um, spending time with your kids and living, right? Uh, Because it sounds like you weren't doing that for a long time, and I wasn't either. So um, it's amazing that we're both on the right track, and uh, I'm so happy to be able to call you a friend, Todd. So thank you, man, and uh, I look forward to one day... Um, being able to actually meet you in person and, and sitting down and shooting the shit with you um, yeah looking forward to that day big time guys thank you so much for listening um, I know I say it all the time but listen without all the support and without people listening um, there'd be no point of this and you know I hope I truly hope that you know when you're listening uh, to hockey to heroin road to recovery and uh, if you are one of the few that watches me on on facebook or instagram and supports those videos thank you but more than anything it's just my hope that you know maybe you hear something from me or maybe more importantly one of my guests such as todd holt um, and it helps you maybe it'll encourage you to to reach out and get the help that you need or maybe it'll help you understand a situation that's going on around you that maybe you maybe didn't really notice or you didn't care to understand it before you know maybe you just have a little more compassion for people going through mental health and addiction um and if that's all that comes out of you listening to this then hey i think i've done a pretty good job and uh Again, I owe it a lot to my guests. Thank you to everybody that's come on the show. Um, I've been so lucky. I'm so grateful um, to have all that I have today. Though materialist, material wise, materialistic wise, I really don't have a lot. But man, I feel so rich. Uh, And it all starts with my attitude. And then from there, the people I have in my life, wow, I'm so lucky, I'm so grateful, and I find it hard to believe that if you're listening to this, if you're hearing my voice right now, I find it hard to believe that you don't have a lot to be grateful for too, you know? And uh, for me, once I changed my attitude, my perspective, everything else changed. And, uh, you know, I start to look at things differently. I start to look at people differently. People start to look at me differently. I start to treat people differently. And most importantly, I started to treat myself differently. I started to treat myself with respect and love. And, you know, positive self-talk. I'm still not there all the time, but I swear to God, little things like this mean and make the world of difference. Not only in you know my life but I know it makes a difference in other people's lives such as my dad and Taylor and and you know when when I'm doing well the people that love and care about me are doing better too right and in turn I can be there for them um and and help support them and it just feels like for the last 10 years or whatever everybody's been worried about me and scared of me or nervous of me or you know and I just don't want people to have to feel that way anymore. I just, you know, I've, I really feel that like I'm on the right path, and that, you know, people like my dad can take a big deep breath and be like, "Hey, Brady is okay. Made some mistakes, but he's okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna be okay. I know I am, uh, because I choose to be." Um, what a great what a great night as I sit here and I record this. It's almost 3am Eastern time Uh, I spoke to Todd Holt Earlier in the day And uh, I had to go Because Matt and I had to go And uh, get on the ice And uh, we had a little scrimmage A little scrim dog And uh, so much fun Seriously, now anytime I get to put on my skates and stuff I don't take it for granted Um, You know I was saying to Matt today I was like, you know, I wish I could just go back to my 20-year-old self for one hour just so I could skate um, and handle a puck with, you know, my ability at 20 years old and with my legs at 20 years old and just appreciate all the hard work and time that not only I put in, uh, but... You know, my dad and, and other people, like my coaches and stuff, have put in uh, throughout all the years. You know, and just skate for that hour and just really appreciate the strength in my legs and my hands and the way I can shoot the puck. And, um, you know, I was able to do that tonight, but I know my legs aren't there, my hands aren't there. Um, but that's not to say they can't get there. I'm happy to report that I got two goals and four assists and uh, felt a hell of a lot better uh, than I did uh, three weeks ago when I was on the ice with Matt. So it's progress, not perfection. We're back on the ice again Uh, tonight. It is three in the morning, a Saturday morning. Uh, So tonight or this afternoon, um, and then I'm back home to Utterson to Muskoka Sunday. Matt is driving me back to Muskoka and him and I will be together in the Matthew Lezinski Memorial Studio, doing work, getting it done, and making it happen um, in memory of Matthew Lezinski, at which time Peter and Nancy Lezinski, Matthew Lezinski's parents, are gonna come up. And that might be a day um, that is so emotional. Um, so honoring and a day that I will feel so privileged um, to just to be alive and to get to meet Matthew's parents and, and just share with them what we're doing. Um, we can't bring him back but we can remember him the right way um, and uh, that's what we're going to continue to do. If you want to help support the great cause that is the Puck support Foundation, Uh, financially, you can do so on the GoFundMe page. The Gratitude Crusade is going on in Matthew Fuszynski's name. We had two great donations from Adam Winsink and Bubba Winsink. Uh, Friends of mine with the Maxwell Mustangs and friends of Matt Thompson's, and which they were both on the ice tonight. Um, They both made $50 contributions today. So thank you, guys, and thank you to everybody that's donated. I'm going to remind you once again that everybody who donates doesn't matter what the dollar amount contribution is it could be one dollar it could be a million dollars if you donate through throughout the process of the gratitude crusade on the gofundme page you will be put on the matthew Lisinski memorial wall of gratitude which will be located in the matthew Lisinski memorial studio in utterson which will be the interim head office for the puck support foundation so it's pretty amazing. That's going to be my podcast studio. It's going to be my office. Um, and it's going to be a shrine to Matthew Lazinski and all of our fallen brothers and sisters uh, that have lost their battle with mental health and addiction and uh, are no longer here to share their stories. Guys, girls, many people in the hockey community struggle every single day. They're struggling right now. Somebody somewhere in the hockey community right now is awake Well, they should be sleeping and not because they're recording a podcast like me, but because they're dealing with mental health or they're dealing with addiction. And to me, that's unacceptable. The hockey family is a brotherhood, a sisterhood. It is a family. It is just that. It's time that we rally together. If you want to get involved, the door is wide open for everybody. We encourage people to get involved. We want your help. We need your help. And yes, we do need money. And I'll say this again. We will not be relying on GoFundMe pages in the near future. I wish we didn't have to now. I wish I had a million dollars in my bank account that could just fund this thing. And I could just pay for people's treatments. And pay for their counseling. And do whatever they need to to happen I just don't have those resources yet but we'll get there and you can help us get there to the point where we can get government grants and go after larger donors by you donating $5 $10 $20 $50 or what the incredible $100 but I know times are tough can you afford $5 you can help build this incredible foundation that is the Puck Support Foundation So, I pose this question. Can you afford $5 right now? If you can, please, please donate to the PuckSport Foundation. But if you can't, all I ask is that you share. Share the PuckSport Foundation with your friends and family. Let people know who we are. And just, if you can volunteer your time, please do. Email us, team at PuckSport.com. Website, www.PuckSport.com social media, at Puck support, And if you want to email me directly, you can do so, Brady, at PuckSupport.com. I'm gladly um, taking emails and I try to get back to everybody in a timely fashion. Um, I can't always do so, but I work my hardest. Um, so please be patient. Um, and if you're not hearing back from me, don't be shy. Send me another message. Um, I don't think you're being rude or aggressive or anything. I love to hear from people. And uh, sometimes I just get forgetful with everything going on. I'm busy um, and my brain's still pretty scattered from the drug abuse and the concussions and all of it. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I'll ever get back to feeling quote unquote normal. Uh, But if I feel the way that I feel uh, like this for the rest of my life, I'll be okay. And uh, I'm good with that. In fact, I'm more than good with that. And uh, I look forward to everything that comes my way, and I look forward to more than anything to being with my kids, Brooklyn and Brody, once again. Um, I'm going for that hair follicle drug test soon. If anyone's following my story, I have to get a hair follicle drug test. I have to be six months clean. I'm seven months clean. I'm not sure if they're gonna accept me back. My kids are a little bit older now, but I'll never stop trying Brooklyn Brody. I love you guys so much. I think about you all the time, all day, every day. Um, as great as I'm doing, as happy as I am, I will always feel empty without you guys in my life. Uh, but that's not, that will never be a reason for me to continue using or to stay in my mental health illness or... No. In fact, what it's doing now is... It's driving me to keep moving forward so that I can be the dad that I want to be, that I am, and that you guys deserve. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. Times are not easy all the time for me. I know sometimes it seems like maybe I got it all figured out or I'm happy and I have this happy-go-lucky attitude. And yes, I do. I, I try my best. But I still struggle every single day just like everybody else I have problems just like everybody else and I have to deal with them just like everybody else and I have to make choices just like everybody else and I used to make the choice to you know use drugs uh, to numb me out and that and uh, today I don't make that choice and if you're in addiction right now drinking drugs you don't have to make those choices either you can stop right now if you need somebody to talk to you, reach out to me. Reach out to me. I'll gladly give you my phone number. Plus, it's already on my website. So anyways, you can find it if you need it. Use it anytime. If I don't answer, send me a text message. If you're not comfortable talking to me, I'll find someone. Or I, will, I will work tirelessly to find someone that you are comfortable talking to. Before I let you guys go, I want to share one piece of incredible news on October 1st I am traveling down to the city to Oakville Ontario near Toronto to have a dental consultation through Rob McDougall who is an incredible cartoonist artist an incredible human being and an incredible friend to me now uh, he's designed the puck Sport logo or part of it uh, he designed the hockey to heroin logo Uh, He's also sent me a tragically hit picture of Gord Downey that he drew, which is incredible. Um, More than anything, he's been there uh, to lend his ear and to to give me little pieces of, you know, advice and guidance. And then he did something incredible. He went out and he found somebody to to help me pay for my teeth. If you know me, I'm missing my four front teeth from my days in the Western Hockey League. And... uh, He has found an angel to donate $4,000 and a guy by Raymond Salinas from Port Coquitlam, British Columbia, my hometown, has also offered $2,000. Guys, that's right. That is two people offering me $6,000 to get my teeth fixed. And you know what? I feel the WHL should pay for them and maybe they will. But I'm going on October 1st and I'm getting the consultation and we're starting the process. And you know what I'm going to do after I get my teeth fixed? I'm going to start a campaign, a little side project down the road once I get everything else dialed in to help other hockey players that have lost their teeth, that don't have the support that they should have. When they left it all on the ice, literally including their teeth, and when all they wanted was their teeth fixed, they couldn't get that help not anymore because of people like Rob McDougall Raymond Salinas and the other angel that I'll name at a later date so thank you, there's so many amazing people in the world we just have to open our eyes change our minds change our attitudes change our perspective guys I hope you all had a great weekend a great day take care of each other please no drinking no driving and remember, there's no reason to st- to suffer in silence. There's lots of help out there. All you have to do is reach out and ask. It's there, guys. There are good people. I know. I used to think there weren't. But now I know. And I don't have to look too far. I'm very lucky to have Taylor in my life and all her family and my family, like my dad my mom and friends like Matt Thompson. And I guarantee you have people in your life that you're grateful for. So when you press stop on this podcast, make sure that you reach out to the people you love and say, Hey mom, hey dad, hey wife, hey husband, hey friend. Thank you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. That's my challenge today. Remember guys, check out the GoFundMe page. Check out teamissue.ca. And remember guys, have a great day if you so choose.